gentlemen, let's go. Let's go. We ain't got no time to waste. Let's go. Let's go. You are now listening to Jason Anderson, and you are in the the Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, a Wednesday edition of The Zone right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, heading up until 2 o'clock. We've got you for the next four hours. A lot of stuff to get into and talk about today. Chiefs in the news. They have um, made a couple of uh, different moves today. They are also unveiling some plans to renovate Arrowhead Stadium, as that will also be on the docket on April 2nd for the vote, along with the Royals wanting to move downtown, the Chiefs wanting to renovate and then, of course, take over the land that Kauffman Stadium that the Royals will vacate. So all of that going on today. KU basketball losing last night to BYU. Um, Bill Self, very prophetic on Monday night in his coach's show about what could happen in that game. Uh, we'll get into some of that throughout the show. Um, we will uh, we'll talk with Trevor Sycamore, Pro Football Focus. He is at the draft, or at the combine, NFL Draft Combine, along with Matt Derrick. We'll ask Trevor Sikama just about, you know, interactions with Matt Derrick that he's had throughout the last couple of days. I'm sure there have been many. Yeah. So did you like, did you go to lunch with him? What was he wearing? Did you guys talk Chiefs at I all? do think everyone is going to lunch with everyone else and dinner with everyone else. There's a lot of, it's a food-based event more than it's an athletic-based event. Yeah. I mean, have you been to St. Elmo's while you were there? How is the shrimp? Is, is there as the much co- horseradish in there as what they say? What about that cocktail sauce? Am I right? <laughs> How are your sinuses, Trevor? Oh, anyway, combine. Am I right, Trevor? So we'll talk to Trevor Sikama coming up at noon. He is the uh, Pro Football Focus lead draft analyst, also co-host of NFL Stock Exchange podcast, which is a NFL draft uh, podcast that is year-round. Uh, so it's a really good one. Co-host that with uh, Connor Rogers. Also has different guest hosts. They went through all of the AFC teams the other day with uh, Brad Spielberger on what the priorities are going to be for those teams, draft or free agency. Uh, so we'll talk with Trevor Sikama about some uh, football. Matt Tate will join us at 11 o'clock. Uh, R1S1Sports.com, Perpetual Sports Network, covering the Kansas Jayhawks. We'll talk with him about last night's game, what the reaction, what the takeaway is, if it is just simply about no Kevin McCuller. And if that's the case, then how dire are the circumstances for KU moving forward if – Kevin McCuller does not return. We'll talk with Matt Tate about KU coming up at 11 o'clock. Mick Schaefer will join us in the 1 o'clock hour. KSHB 41 Sports Director will talk with him and uh, hang out with him for that uh, final hour of the show today. 913-912-4810 is the text line. 913-912-4810 text line to join us to be a part of the show, part of the conversation. Let's talk about what happened with the Chiefs coming down about an hour ago. The Chiefs have made a couple of moves. They have released Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And one of the things that we talked about was if they would release Marquez Valdez-Scantling or they would approach him and just simply say, you know, we want to work on a contract with you and we're going to release you anyway. 
So maybe you sign a one-year deal, restructure that for two or three million dollars, which is the dead cap hit of two million, and maybe have some incentives to go along with that. I have no idea if they even approached that or just said it's time to cut ties and move on. It may have just been the latter. It may have just been the latter of if he returns and is you know does does he believe he's the fourth wide receiver on this team? Whatever it might be, it's run its course. You got two rings. Thank you along the way. Good luck. Best of luck. And uh, we're going to move on and save $12 million against the cap. And we'll cut you early so you have a little extra time than even right. some of these other free agents to get your stuff all together. You don't have to be wondering until the last minute. You got 12 days. Yeah. You got 12 days to go out there before the legal tampering period starts. <laughs> legal tampering period. Because right now, tampering is illegal. And no one is talking to each other at the Combine. Forget the thing I said two minutes ago. March 11th at noon Eastern. Tamper all you want. Just tamp, tamp, tamp. Just tampering all over the place. You know, you want to talk? We can talk. Let's all talk. Do we talk about the things we've been talking about for two weeks? Whoa! What do you mean? Whoa, shush, 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 Whoa. Shush. talk about what? You mean our conversations about St. Elmo's and their cocktail <laughs> sauce? Yes, that was very good. I thought that cocktail sauce also was worth about two years, $7 million. With a $2 million incentive for playoff performances. The cocktail sauce, I mean. That's what I believe. Um, he's got till March 11th. That's true. They gave him a, an early exit and uh, moving on from MVS. Appreciate it. Couple-year run where the Chiefs were at the time. I think there was a desperation at that point of who's out there. They're trading Tyreek Hill. Can somebody stretch the field? Mm-hmm. Let's go get MVS. Got Juju Smith-Schuster trading Tyreek Hill. Go get MVS at the time. It wasn't a one-for-one direct exchange for Tyreek Hill. It was trying to find and piece it together for this entire uh, puzzle to be fit together, and they've won two Super Bowls with that. They move on from MVS. We'll talk a little bit more about that. The other move that they made was Legereus Need was tagged. I want to play this clip from yesterday. It is uh, Brett Veach. Um, he talked about, you know, working on a couple of big deals, that being Chris Jones, that being Legereus Sneed. We know those big deals. Or maybe it was uh, releasing him. It's a big deal for us to release MVS. Mm-hmm. No, working on a couple of big deals and the franchise tag. Here's Brett Veach, what, 24 hours ago yesterday. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, certainly. Um, that's always um, a stress. You'd like to be able to tag all the guys and pay all the guys and, it's tough because the more you win, I mean, the more you got to pay players. And obviously, when you have this amount of success, you're, you're paying a lot of players a lot of money. And then it's equally as tough because you're drafting late. So there's challenges. Um, we'll go through them, and we'll always put our best foot forward. Certainly want to do what we can to try to keep both those players, and that's going to be our goal and intent. Uh, hopefully, we're able to figure something out. Um, but every free agency is different, unique, and crazy. And so, but our. You know, it, we do have one tag, and I anticipate probably using it uh, to help us, but I think our goal is to try to get both those players done and then work down the rest of our roster. So we anticipated using it within 24 hours. They have tagged Legereus Sneed. Uh, there's a couple of reports out there about, you know, uh, what it means and, and what the Chiefs may do. The main one being Jordan Schultz, Schultz report, uh, that the Chiefs placed the franchise tag on Legereus Sneed. And then he writes, Kansas City's priority is to extend Chris Jones for now, and they'll see what happens with Snead after. 
Now, that goes along with Jeremy Fowler's report from uh, earlier today. Or maybe it was late last night. I can't remember when Jeremy Fowler put that report out there. But on Twitter, Chiefs have informed Legereus Sneed they are prepared to use the franchise tag and are open to consummate a trade if no long-term deal is reached. Sneed is agreeable to the scenario, giving him a chance to talk with other teams while Casey remains in play. This is the order that I thought it would go in, which was the most likely order for the Chiefs this offseason. There's a 2020 feel to this with a small difference. Maybe it's a big difference. Uh, the 2020 offseason was Patrick Mahomes eligible for an extension, and they franchise-tagged Chris Jones. By franchise-tagging Chris Jones, it gave them the leeway and the position to go and work on Patrick Mahomes first and foremost. And then when they see what they did with Patrick Mahomes, they know what they can do and they have left over for Chris Jones. The difference here is that Mahomes was already under contract. So there wasn't a deadline of you got to figure this out in a certain amount of time. But the the, the comparison of what what's, you know it, they, they have in common is that you put the franchise tag on Legereus Sneed, it gives you two weeks to work with Chris Jones. Really, 12 days. We were just joking about the legal tampering period. March 11th at 11 o'clock Central Time uh, a.m. is when the legal tampering period starts. Once that starts, negotiations start with players. Chris Jones is a free agent. You're not franchise tagging Chris Jones. We know that because they put the franchise tag on Legereus Sneed. So that means starting March 11th, Chris Jones can communicate with any other team that he wants. His agents can communicate with any other team that they want. Legereus Sneed, you put him on the back burner because you've got mid-July to figure something out, or really the draft. The draft, right. You've got the draft, and if you don't get something done then, then mid-July with Legereus Sneed. You now have 12 days to figure out Chris Jones. But you also have that time to not only figure out Chris Jones, but what happens if Legereus Sneed has to be traded? What happens at the wide receiver spot? What happens with Drew Tranquil? What happens with Willie Gay? What happens with Mike Edwards? What happens with Mike Dana? What happens with Donovan Smith? Et cetera, et cetera, and on down the line. There are a lot of things that have to be figured out. And a lot of that sort of centers, hovers, and is the in the orbit of Chris Jones and what he does. Last year it didn't work out in the Chiefs' favor. They still won a Super Bowl. But last year's offseason didn't work out in the Chiefs' favor because they wanted to work a long-term deal for Chris Jones and then take that money that they may save and spend it elsewhere. They didn't get a chance to do that. They still won a Super Bowl. I think they want to do that here. In a perfect scenario, they would be able to sign Chris Jones long-term, get something done with luxurious need, and still make moves that make you a winning team 1-53. through 53. That would be a perfect scenario. The worst-case scenario would be Chris Jones doesn't agree to whatever contract. He goes and gets a massive deal because of the salary cap ballooning more than than teams thought. You know, we thought on Friday that, well, teams have been aware that this is going to be the case. But then reading some of the reports over the weekend and from the Combine, most teams were working between 245 to 250. That's what their salary cap assessment was that they were working off of that's not the case it's 255 so they got more money that may just give more money to the top end it may make it more likely that teams franchise tag players and we've already seen a couple of with um 
uh, T. Higgins and now LeJarrius Sneed. So those things might become more likely, but it also means that Chris Jones may get even more money than he was looking for last year, which would then price him out of Kansas City. And then if LeJarrius Sneed also says, look, man, I've got this available, that available, they could trade something for him and get a second rounder, but then you'd be moving on from Chris Jones and LeJarrius Sneed and getting like a second round pick back. Maybe that's best case for some people. Some people may look at that and go, ah, perfect strategy. That, that's how you should do that. I don't know what that would be for the Chiefs, if that's best case, worst case, or just simply they don't rank them. This is a scenario. This is what we're working off of. But placing the tag on LeJarrius Sneed gives them 12 more days. Not that they haven't already been working, but 12 more days to try to figure something out with Chris Jones before the legal tampering period starts, and he can start communicating with other teams to see how much they'd be willing to give him. And then obviously from Snead's side, it gives them all of that control and all of that flexibility and many potentially still positive off-ramps with LeJarrius Snead. It sounds like they're not interested, in that neither side is interested in having Snead play out this year under the tag. I wouldn't hate it. $20 million for one year of LeJarrius Snead is not a bad value, but then you're probably letting him walk next year and there's less value in return of all Mm -hmm. of that. But... This, for Snead, gives them the ability to continue working on the long-term deal if they want to do that. But like you said earlier with Jordan Schultz's uh, extra note there, that and frankly, I don't know that I've seen it that black and white anywhere else, yeah. and so we'll have to kind of see how that all shakes out. But this idea that it is Snead to the back burner while you use these next almost two weeks to, to hammer out everything you can with the Chris Jones side, I think is fascinating, and I think it's the right it's the right tack to take. Like this, this makes sense from the Chiefs' perspective. I wonder if Chris Jones, and when I say Chris Jones, I mean the Cats brothers. Um, their name has become like Voldemort, but just from villainous <laughs> perspectives. I wonder if the Cats brothers have any reason whatsoever to be that engaged for these next twelve days or whatever to to actually yeah. be getting to a final a final contract point. Because if I was in their shoes, I mean, I would have done lots of things. If I was in their shoes, Chris Jones would have a lot more money right now. But <laughs> if I was in their shoes, I'd say, hey, at this point, guys, um, you let us know where you're at. We'll tell you what we think. We'll go talk to 31 other teams, get some figures, and then circle back with you. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe maybe the Chiefs are saying if we get to that point, we're not talking anymore. Maybe the the, the bridges from, from last offseason are still nice and crispy or at least a little warm. I don't know. But that was so unpredictable last year that having all those same characters again this year leaves me really unsure what it's going to mean for Jones. I feel pretty confident what it means for Legereus Sneed. It's a great point about the Cats brothers because last year they became a running joke. Yep. And now you don't have your player under contract. You are not negotiating off a current contract to where you get fined, you got to sit out. You right. are taking a risk. You're taking a risk by sitting out. You're not going to get the money that you want. And you're actually going to lose money. That's a risk. It's not a risk to go into free agency with Chris Jones. It's not a risk. It, it, it could be what the Katz brothers are saying. This is our strategy because we're going to try to get the most money we can. And I'm going to show you that what we did was right. Because when the season was over, and with the bonuses, with winning the Super Bowl, or going to the Super Bowl, because winning the Super Bowl, he didn't get an extra bonus or anything, but going to the Super Bowl, making an all-pro, the sacks and everything... He made a little bit more cash last year than he would have. And he didn't have to play a game and didn't go to training camp. And now we go into the offseason and he's going to get paid, paid. And we're going to get a max dollars. Look what we did for Chris Jones. That strategy that people made fun of us for actually worked out because we bet on our client. We believe you didn't have to play an extra game at the end. You just kind of moved that first game to 18, and then the Chiefs had to win the Super Bowl. 
the team award. And why, why are you bringing up details? All those incentives it's, and stuff did mean that Chris Jones had to earn that money. Agents didn't do bleep for that money. Chris Jones did bleep for that money. But, sir, yeah, we believed in that. our client. Sir, we believed in our client that he was going to be able to do the things that he did. And guess what? He went out and did that because we have trust in our clients. Other than that third cat's brother, I, I apologize. <laughs> God, it makes me so, I'm still not over it. I think it's a great point of going into free agency and seeing what other teams have to offer. The question's going to be, I mean, it's all going to be on Chris Jones' plate. Yep. And that plate might be at Joe's. Yep. It also might be sitting at home looking at the contracts. Because if he is serious about what he said at the parade, about wanting to return to Kansas City, anybody that thinks I'm going to be gone, think again, I'll be back here next year and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that, et cetera, et cetera, that if he truly wants that to be the case, they can get something done. If that was lip service because he's in the moment and he's got the, you know, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the truth serum running through his veins. Truth serum, sort of the lying uh, serum, maybe the, actually. The beer muscles, yeah. if you want to call it that, yeah. the, the liquor confidence that was yeah. going on running through him. That if he really truly believed that, he would be able to make the decision and say, take the best Chiefs offer. Mm-hmm. Not the best offer out there, take the mm-hmm. best Chiefs offer. And we have a pretty good idea of what that best Chiefs offer will be because they took a hard line stance last year. And we had to come back to them to work something out. They weren't budging. So we know that. So we know when they get to a certain point, they're not going to budge off of that. They've made that known with many players. Take the best Chiefs offer. If he doesn't take the best Chiefs offer, the Chiefs won't give him the best offer in free agency, if that makes sense. Yep, I think that's right. So it's up to Chris Jones if he wants to return. Cats brothers are going to try to get him the most money they can possibly get. That's their job. Their job is to try to get him the most money to put the, the most scenarios in front of him. Here are different options for you. You can go here for this amount of money. You can go here for this amount of money. Here's the taxes in that state. Here's taxes in that state. Here's the money you'll be getting. Here's the guaranteed. Here's the out clause. Here are the incentives. These are all the different options that you may have. Choose from those. This is what we would recommend. This is what we would do. This is what the Players Association would like you to do. But you have final say. What do you want to do? It'll be up to Chris Jones. If he wants to return and play for the Chiefs, he'll return and play for the Chiefs. If he doesn't, then if he wants the most money, he'll be playing somewhere else next year. And there there are two elements of that that are different for me this year than they were last last offseason in, in how I'm viewing Chris Jones through it at all. And, and I maybe I should have gotten on this last offseason. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it all again at this point. Last offseason, still all of my vitriol ends up at the Cats brothers because I think they, they misled their client throughout that process because Chris Jones never wanted to spend week one in a suite. Like, that, that was never the plan. So whatever they were telling Chris Jones throughout that process, somewhere that communication, either they couldn't get it out of the Chiefs that they promised to Jones or they were saying things to Chris Jones that weren't fully true, and I don't know the details of that. But lots of people towards the end of that got to a point that said, hey, Chris Jones, tell your agents this is what you're going to sign for. And I I still, from a player's perspective, I still respect and understand, like, I'm not the guy that's writing these contracts. My agent's job is to bring me what I can what I can judge reasonably. You're we're talking about Chris Jones' contract. It's going to extend years and years into the future, wherever it is. He shouldn't have to do... He, he is paying people to do that part of the job for him. However... In this case, I think it's a little more binary. Theoretically, the Cats brothers should have three simplified versions of three offers in front of Chris Jones at some point. It should be the best Chiefs offer, the, let's say, most per year from another team, and the most guaranteed money. Here are your three offers. Best Chiefs, best total, best guaranteed. 
or best annual, best guaranteed, what do you want to do here? And if in that window, it then does fall to Chris Jones to say, okay, I can understand these things, which is different than saying, okay, well, I can either play this year out and then hit free agency next year. And all of that was about getting to free agency to, to either get the mega, mega deal from the Chiefs or get to free agency and have your options. This offseason, he will have options and he should have pretty clear ones of, a little less money in Kansas City or a little more money in Detroit or Chicago or wherever they want to bulk up the defense in the NFC. I will put more on Chris Jones' shoulders this time in this process and this offseason mm-hmm. because he also just went through it. That's the yeah. other. That's kind of part two. He went through all of this. He saw how his agents acted through it. He saw how the Chiefs acted through it. I don't know if he views that as positives or negatives, but there is no excuse for Chris Jones. He has all the information. He has the experience now. Whatever the decision is, I will not this time be able to say that's the Cats brothers. They will say, all right, hopefully they did their job, and hopefully they informed Chris Jones appropriately, and then it's going to be his choice where he wants to be. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll continue rolling the news. The Chiefs have released Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They have uh, placed the franchise tag on LeJarius Need. We'll take a timeout. And, and the NFLPA pre- the, uh, report cards for this year have come out, oh. and the Chiefs' grades are, Jason, not good. Not good as in, like, opposite day. They're awesome. I will say they have one A-plus that we can discuss. That was drafting, situation, yes. drafting Patrick Mahomes. And then <laughs> um, their their next highest grade is a C-plus. And they have a okay. couple of 32 out of 32s. All right. We'll do that next. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We had up until 2 o'clock. So the NFLPA report card is out. And it came out last year. And I'd have to go back and look at all of the things from a year ago to see what the uh, comparison is from what they were last year to what they are this year. These are just for players that were on the Chiefs in what would have been the 2022 season. Right. So the 2022 season in which they won a Super Bowl, those players that were on the Chiefs, how many of them? We don't know. They sent out the uh, survey to the players. They can fill them out and send them back, or they cannot. It is not a requirement or anything like that. But the NFLPA does encourage them to do that so that they can get the most accurate reading of what's going on with each organization so then they can put public pressure on those teams to fix whatever issues might be there. So 2022 Kansas City Chiefs players, not the Chiefs players that were on the team this last year. Here are the Chiefs' grades. I'll just go from best to worst. They got an A-plus for head coach. Number one out of 32 teams, the Chiefs and their players got an A-plus. The next best grade was a tie at C+. Plus. So they got no A- minus or A or, or B+, plus or B or B-. minus. They dropped from A+, plus to C+. Plus. Weight room, C+, plus, strength coaches, C+. Plus. Ranked 23rd and 27th, respectively. Yeah. 
lower half, lower third. The next best grade was a C minus. The food and cafeteria ranked 26th out of 32 teams. We're already into the D's, and there's only four categories that we've actually talked about. D's what? D's grades. D plus. Treatment of families. Here's what's interesting to me, what stands out about that. Uh Treatments of families, they got a D plus. Uh Bad. Which ranks 18th out of 32 teams. (laughs) Almost average. Middle of the pack. All right, NFL. People do... Players do not like how their families are treated around the NFL. I would, I mean, I would love to know the difference between like number one and number 32. The Chargers were charging by kid for daycare. That had them, I think, in the 30s. Okay. That was, that's just a, a part of the spread there. Okay. Um, but Diaz Spanos was lying about the money problems, guys. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. That's, you're right about that, Dylan. Uh, that was a, a D plus treatment of families. But 18th out of 32 teams. They got a D in team travel, which ranked 27th out of 32 teams in team travel. thought they talked about them alleviating that. Yeah. but They talked about something else also that I'll give you some more details on when we get there. I would also point out that at this time last year when this came out, the survey was already being filled out or may have already been filled out for this year. So... It is a little interesting that they get the information, but then after getting the information, the next group of players are already voting on it, mm-hmm. are already going through their survey without the teams having an opportunity to address said issues. So in theory, a lot of these things should be roughly the same as a year ago, just in different sort of opinions of different players. Have you seen the blurb about the locker room? This I is, haven't yet. This no. is one thing that, that questions after. I'll let you finish the report card, yeah. but I'll circle back because the locker yeah, room please. has some sort of narrative to it, too. Please, because we'll get to locker room here in a second. Um, team travel, they got a D, 27th in the NFL. Training room, they got a D, 31st in the NFL. Locker room, they got an F, 28th out of 32 teams. Nutritionist and dietitian, they got an F, 31st out of 32 teams. And ownership, they got an F minus. Yeah. I didn't even think that was possible. I thought you just went to F. He super failed. They got F minus. They got a G. They got a G plus. Well, uh, Chiefs would feel better if they had like a G6 for individual players. That that travel thing would, would work out better. F minus for ownership to Clark Hunt, 32nd out of 32 teams, ranked the worst owner in terms of players and what their experience is like playing for the Chiefs. And Matt Derrick tweeted out that NFLPA President J.C. Treader says the only category of the survey used to measure ownership was the willingness to invest in the facilities question, and that's the reason uh, okay. that Clark Hunt ranks in at 32, which coincides with being 32nd in training staff. I'll, I'll, I'll explain why that is connected in my mind. 32nd in training staff, 31st in training room, 31st in nutritionist and dietitian. Uh, a screenshot here that uh, P.J. Green tweeted out from the, the report. 
The number one complaint when it comes to the facilities is the locker room. Though the players received actual chairs with backs to sit in at their lockers in response to last year's feedback. So there's something there. There's some amount of, of feedback and response. Okay, what was that, that point again? <laughs> That's very funny, Dylan. <laughs> the number one complaint when it comes to the facilities is the locker room. Okay. Though the players received actual chairs with backs to sit in at right. their lockers in response to last year's feedback, it did not change the fact that the locker room is overdue for a renovation. What adds to the frustration is that management told the players that renovations would come after the 2022 season. The players went on to win the Super Bowl, and when they arrived back at their facility for the 2023-24 season, they realized the team never followed through with the promised renovation other than adding chairs. This next one also is insane to me. The player's issue with quality of care is mostly centered around the training room. The players feel that the training room is significantly understaffed. Not that they're getting bad service from mm -hmm. the trainers who are there, but that the training room is significantly understaffed. With only 43% of the team responding that they get an adequate amount of one-on-one -on -one treatment time. Players feel that the staff is unwilling to provide the necessary treatment to support recovery and performance. For example, players are not allowed to get preventative treatment soft tissue work, other care, for soreness and day-to-day -day issues, a regular offering across the NFL. From the results, it's clear that there has not been a significant reinvestment back into the facilities, even after consistent success. That has led to a high level of frustration among player respondents and reflects in club owner Clark Hunt's ranking as the least willing to invest in team facilities among all NFL owners slash ownership group in the opinions of the respondents. That's brutal. Yeah. So, ownership didn't follow through on promises to players for a new locker room after the 2022 season. So, players were told that the Chiefs played too long in the playoffs last year. So, the team didn't have time to fix the locker room. It's from uh, Jesse Newell, J.C. Treader, um, NFLPA president. Wow. Treader said, I think there's some frustration there in the room. We keep winning Super Bowls and nothing's coming back to us. There's no priority on making our lives better. Boy, if that's true that they said, sorry, you played too long in that's the playoffs. brutal. We can't renovate the locker room for you? How long, I mean, how long does it take to renovate the locker room at the practice facility? I guess get bounced in the first round. Maybe that would help. We were going to go for the three people. We wanted nicer locker rooms. Yeah. So about that. Sorry about that. Um, I didn't realize that playing too far into the playoffs meant not only less of an offseason, but it meant an inability to renovate. I mean, here's the thing. If the Chiefs are going to be renovating Arrowhead Stadium, which the announcement coming down and them are renovating Arrowhead Stadium and wanting $500 million from the taxpayers and... Um, Clark Hunt wants your money to fix these problems <laughs> that <laughs> for his football team that has Taylor Swift helping him sell merch now. When they are going to renovate, the Chiefs better lose in the first round or not make the playoffs. Yes, so. Because there's no way they'd be able to do that if that is true. Again, I I want to find the, uh, the, the article for this from the NFLPA releasing it because... It, the NFLPA Twitter account had tweeted out their okay. kind of base link with everything else, and it's not super easy to navigate, so some of the screenshots have been a little easier to just so, slide around. The first one came out last year, 2023. And that... So I'm trying to figure out when the surveys went out to the players. So the surveys that came out last year, that was from the players that played on the 2022 team? Or players that played on the 2021 season, 
and then they were able to send in what they thought about that, and then that came out the next year. How quickly do they have to turn around the last, all of this? The last survey, 1,300 players participated in, conducted between March 1st and April 1st of 2022. I believe it was the same window of this year, but I'm double-checking on that now. Oh, yeah, also also Lance Leipold has signed the new contract, according to Pete Thamel. It's been a busy Wednesday. To play for the Chiefs? Unrelated, I believe, to all of that. Uh, Pete Thamel tweets, Sources, Kansas has agreed to a new contract for Coach Lance Leipold that features a significant raise in his average salary to more than $7 million per year, putting him back in the top three average salary in the Big 12. Leipold has delivered back-to-back bowl seasons at Kansas, and the school has prioritized keeping him. Okay. Matt Tate at 11. Hey, look at us. So there we go. We'll talk some KU Hopefully football. Hopefully still, I'll text him. And some basketball with Matt Tate coming up at 11 o'clock. Yeah, if 11 he's o'clock to be hour. Able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> if he's available to be able to do that. Um, so March 1st to April 1st of 2022, they released then in 2023 the results of that survey. So then it stands to reason that March 1st to April 1st of 2023 – would bring the results of this survey that comes out in 2024. Which would not include, so it wouldn't include any first-year players with the team, so you're not getting any of that, like, muddying the waters, right? No draft picks, no new new signings or anything. But that would then mean that the Chiefs had from mid-February to April to make all of the changes necessary before um, those... uh, They hosted the draft here in that window. (laughs) But also, they they wouldn't have been at the facilities very often in that right, window, right? Because the OTAs and mini camps start after the draft, so any of the changes that would have been made would have been made after these players got their however many questions or whatever it might mm-hmm. be from the NFLPA, got their pamphlet to be able to fill out and and give their reviews of whatever the Chiefs had. I I am also not I'm not sure how it gets to the I guess this is saying we're moving the entire timeline just need to move the entire timeline back a year. Okay, cuz what adds to the frustration is that management told the players that renovations would come after the 2022 season. Right, which yeah, so, I mean they they had to be back in the facilities at some point in that March to April window, but how often would they have been back around for that? I'm not sure. That is confusing to me. But the, the, the March 1st, so the, the survey that went out last year mm-hmm. could present the, they told us after 2022 they were going to uh, renovate this place, and they haven't yet. Right. And now it's 2023. Right. We just won another Super Bowl, and they haven't done it yet. Bleep this. Right. Here are the, here are the issues that I have. And therefore, the Chiefs get another bad grade. Back-to-back years of getting a bad grade. I'd be really curious to see what next year brings. But if you're talking about the renovations to the Chiefs and the upgrades were to put backs on chairs in the locker room, I don't know. Um, I know the reaction what's going to be out there from just people in general. It's going to be complaints about the players complaining. Mm -hmm. There is clearly no correlation between what's going on with the Chiefs and winning games. They might have the feeling of this is BS. We're winning Super Bowls and what's coming back to us. And the Chiefs might reply, Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. 
the, the ring we give you. That badass ring that's worth a lot of money. And legacy. You're playing with the Chiefs. Also, Clark, the Hunt, also Clark Hunt has been an owner of an irrelevant football team before, and I would not, I would not yeah. take that for granted if I was him. No, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think there's probably, I would probably give a little bit more leeway on this one because I don't know that the Chiefs had really adequate time to make all of the changes the players wanted from the time the survey was released to then the time the next group of players had to fill out the survey from the previous year. That that would be my point on this whole thing. Yeah, you have they, like a couple are months. Are they renovating the locker rooms this year? Like, is there any sign that that yeah. that the feedback right. was ever taken seriously? I I don't. That 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 will come out next year. <laughs> I mean, because the players that are giving the surveys, getting the surveys to fill out right now, starting Friday, March first to to April first or whatever, will be a full year of the Chiefs being aware of what the issues are and having two NFLPA reports about what's wrong with their particular facilities. Whatever the travel may be, whatever the food may be, things like that. You also shouldn't need that to like make sure you have enough well, training disagree. staff and to make sure that. that your players can get preventative soft tissue treatment. I don't. I don't disagree with that. I wonder how many of the players, like what goes on at other teams, right? That's why the that's why the context of other teams ranking yeah. in here, I think, Agreed. is really valuable. Rather than just the letter grade, is the ranking from other teams, also players playing on other teams, right? Like if Travis Kelsey's filling it out. Maybe he knows from Jason Kelsey mm-hmm. or other friends mm-hmm. or things like that. Drew Tranquil filling it out this year would know what the Chargers and the Chiefs did. So he may have a different view of what that is. Mike Edwards filling it out this year would have a, would know about what the Bucks and the Chiefs right. have done. Willie Gay wouldn't know about other teams. Mm-hmm. He might hear what goes on in other teams. Nick Bolton wouldn't know those things. So that 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 would MVS. Would be able to. He knows the difference between the Packers and the Chiefs. He'd have a couple of uh, different uh, years of filling out surveys if he was, you know, one of the players that did that. But yeah, it's not a good look. It's a terrible look for the Chiefs, and it's a terrible look for Clark Hunt when there is extra money coming in, and you're also saying, you know, hey, we'd like five hundred million dollars from, you know, the, the the taxpayers. And again, it goes back to the same thing where the Royals are saying, our team sucks. We haven't invested a whole lot of money, but we want a billion dollars from the taxpayers. The Chiefs are saying, we've got three Super Bowls in the last, you know, five years. The players aren't happy with the food that we give them. The players aren't happy that their locker room isn't the greatest locker room in the history while they're making millions and millions of dollars. We want half of what the Royals are doing. And we're also winning Super Bowls. It's a much easier presentation to to have for the for the Chiefs to renovate and here's what it will look like for eight hundred million dollars and we're going to put in three hundred million dollars and if somebody comes back well what about the uh, the players it will get them better food we'll 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 take care of the food a little bit because I don't know how many people will feel bad for any Chiefs players at all and also how much has it affected the Chiefs being able to go out and attract free agents because at the end of the day the Chiefs pay more money. 
they get the free agent. Is there a free agent they've lost because of this report card? But we're all we're, we're already talking about them in the margins on everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know, man. I just I think it's the wrong direction to be looking to read all of this and to look at the players and to say I don't feel bad for these players. The millionaires. I listen. The millionaires can buy their own food, and the billionaire can make mm-hmm. sure that his football team is physically equipped to play football with yeah. better training facilities, enough trainers, preventative treatment, and good nutrition. Like that well, stuff is, is baseline. That's it, that's baseline stuff. But it clearly is, though. They've won two Super Bowls. That, is that proof equipped. positive, though? Is every single thing the Chiefs have well, done now inarguable because they've won off of that? Who's who? It, it, why did proof, they win the Super Bowl? It's proof that they have players and they have the training staff and they have the coaches. They have all of those things to be able to go and win Super Bowls. Does it prove that they are doing enough? No, you can always do more. You can always get better. You can always get better in the training staff. You can get better in all of those things. But it's not proof that... This is correlation. Is causation. Travis Kelsey having a better midseason run if he's getting more preventative treatment? Like we Maybe. don't we don't know that though. That's Maybe. the thing is yeah, we're, we don't know. We're, we're trying to make we're trying to make concrete judgments out of stuff we really don't know, and that's what we well, the closest thing we have right now to something actually like tangible are the report cards that do put them in the context of other teams. I just I don't feel any need whatsoever to be like, listen, Clark Hunt, this he's holding the Lombardi at the end. I mean, Jerry Jones was the owner for some uh, for some Lombardi Trophy hoisting teams, mm-hmm. and has been a, a disaster after that. I just putting it in the context of the rest of the NFL, it's it, it is insufficient. If you're looking at it of what's the bare minimum we could do to keep winning Super Bowls, that's one way of looking at it. Or you could say we want to be the the face of the NFL and we want to lead in all of these ways. We want to make sure that our players have the best situations possible while that money, that merch sales, and all of these things that, would, that get bought and sold when it's Super Bowl time and you keep going back to back to them. I can't imagine not not wanting to try to translate that into the best possible working environment for your employees. And I would love to know what the survey shows next year. Because sure. there, there's a month time from the survey being released last year to when the survey went out again. Well, the Chiefs didn't do this. They didn't do that. It's the same as a year ago. Should they have been aware of those things? Yeah, but sometimes getting publicly called out, called to the carpet, and say, well, you're winning Super Bowls. Why aren't your players happier? Why aren't they happier about some of the amenities that other teams have? Well, okay, well, we need to take care of that. We weren't aware of this. They didn't bring it to us. Or maybe they did bring it to us, and that's one of the issues that they're having is that they brought it to us and we ignored it. But now there's public pressure, pressure which is what the NFLPA wants, yeah, which the, is the public pressure to go and say these teams need to fix these things. Players didn't say that the Chiefs should try to like get some more uh, economy going around the Truman Sports Complex, and player report cards didn't say that they needed to make sure they could get World Cup games. I mean, Clark Hunt's mm-hmm. not an idiot. He's the head of the yeah. finance committee for the NFL. He knows what the standards are around the rest of the NFL. The idea that the Chiefs are like that. Players would look at this as like I, we need an excuse to complain. We're winning and it's not well, good enough. I don't think enough. it's an it's excuse to complain. So sad to me. I don't think it's an excuse to complain. I think it's in, it necessarily a you go to them and say this is what we need or this is what we want or this is what other teams are having. Is there an avenue to do that? And if there's not an avenue to do that, then the survey was the avenue to do that right and they had a month to then make all of the changes that they needed to change before the next survey went out the best case scenario without the players being at the facility the best case scenario here is we're saying clark hunt was never proactive and maybe he will be reactive that's right two full years after that first one yes that which is still hard uh, far from from praise in my book i don't think it's praise i don't think anybody's there's no way to praise clark hunt on this yeah i want more information i want more of the things that are going on the the point you made about the comparison to the other teams, that's the main thing. The that's letter the only grade, context we really have. The letter grade that's out there, F, D, A, whatever. But 
the fact that one of the letter grades was a D plus and it was 18th in the NFL. Right. Meaning not a lot of players feel like there were some good things going on around the NFL with whatever that particular category was. And to your point about other teams' rankings, maybe poking a little hole in, in this ranking system, how does in March before Dan Snyder sold the team in Washington get a B on ownership compared to Clark Hunt's F minus? I don't think I don't. I just wonder because the facilities because it was it right. was ranked on and based on facilities, right? Right. And in, in, well, willingness they, to invest in they facilities. They have F minus locker room. They have bad facilities. The stadium's terrible. FedEx just left the stadium mm-hmm. uh, the other day. So I don't know how. But he got a B. He got a B. Yeah. And then also on their list, the nutrition dietitian is a B minus. That ranks twenty first still at B minus. Hmm. Interesting. It's good to know because the Chiefs are F at thirty first. So a B would still get you in the twenties. Right. Connor Orr says the Cardinals added a family room, redid their weight room, and stopped charging for meals in the period between these results. So saying you know the NFLPA survey is getting some results there. Some results, I don't. Yeah. I don't have. I don't have all of the yeah. results in front. But. We need to take a time out. We'll oh come yeah! Back. We'll continue rolling more zone next. All right. So the news that has happened in the last hour or so: the Chiefs have franchise tagged Lance Leipold. Mm-hmm. MVS is so mad at the Chiefs and all the facilities, he has decided to cut himself. Mm. He's leaving. Um, the Chiefs are renovating Legarius Need and Chris Jones' contract in the tune of $500 million that they want from the city to be able to pay for their contract. Am I close in what I got right? Mark Donovan is the new head coach of Kansas football. There it is. That was the only <laughs> one. I thought, I, I mean, I knew there was missing something in there. A lot of news. Lance Leipold has been extended. Average salary to more than $7 million per year. MVS is cut. Legarius Need is tagged. The Chiefs get a bad grade on the NFLPA report. At least some things are consistent. KU doesn't lose at Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> and KU lost at Allen Fieldhouse. What? Football school. 